Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Life Church Bible Study Online. We hope you are encouraged, challenged, and most of all, we hope it brings you closer to Jesus. Let's enjoy the study together. All right, guys. Well, this week we're going to be looking at the second book in this series of epistles that John wrote. And um, as far as we know, this was as, as going to be a letter just like the first book of John. And it could have been addressed to the same church that it was originally sent to. There was a lot of persecution happening, as we've already talked about. And so they address it in a very cryptic way, saying to the chosen lady and her children whom I love in the truth. And so a lot of times when they would do these letters, they would address it to a lady or to a group instead of saying the word church because they didn't want it to be intercepted and all that. So he's talking to the church and he takes this really short amount of, of paragraphs and sentences and just condenses what he did in the first book. And uh, it's powerful. I feel like if you were to ask me um, what's been the most accurate description of a Christian walk, it would maybe be this right now because I, I think it's just really the meat of what we need to know in order to be a Christian. So I'm just going to go uh, step by step. Verse 1, mindset, my translation says the elder. So that's John addressing himself as the elder. And I love that because Paul always you know, just being Paul, he always goes on and on about how he's the apostle who is anointed. And a lot of times he needed to because people doubted him. But John's just super humble. He, he doesn't say, hey, I'm the leader of the church. He was, you know, the oldest left alive that was a, the disciples at that point. He just says, I'm the elder. And um, he continues on in this very loving tone to the chosen lady, meaning the church, and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also those who know the truth because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Um, he's just talking about the truth of, of knowing Jesus. And he goes on verse 3, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ. And the Father's Son will be with us in truth and in love. That was a really common greeting, and I love they call it the... Uh, the famous three of Christianity. They even called it the, the other trinity in one of my books that I was reading. And I, I love it because it makes me think about uh, Emerald and the Cajun trinity with bell peppers, onions, and green onion. I'm like, there's just something good about those three. Grace, mercy, and peace. Man, he's just wishing the best to these people. And he's coming at them from a father's standpoint of just love and, and best wishes. And so he goes on and he gets to what he's really trying to reiterate. And keep in mind, this is him repeating what he's already said. So just like a coach or a teacher or a father or mother that has had to repeat something, an instruction, the tone is a little more intense, but he's still really loving. He says, it's given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth. Note the sum. Just as the Father has commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we've had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. Okay, so stop there. He's saying that some of you are walking in the truth. That's good. You are not believing heretics. You're not straying from the doctrine or the gospel. He's saying, but there's a step further that you need to take, and it can't go without the truth. It has to start with the truth and move on to this. He says it's love, that we love one another. And then he just spells it out as plainly as possible. He says, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, 
His command is that you walk in love. That is so powerful to me. Love can be very ambiguous and very vague sometimes. And we think, oh, I'm loving God. I'm loving God. I'm listening to Christian music. I'm reading my scripture as it pops up on my phone. I'm doing all these things. But what does it mean to love God? It means to obey. Same with your parents. If, if you see children who are, oh, for instance, my kid who ran away from me. Brittany got a good laugh out of this one. We're at dance class and Peyton takes off because he's mad because I wouldn't let him watch a certain YouTube show. And he takes off running. He hadn't run from me very many times. One other time it was at home. This time he runs through Market Basket parking lot until a woman intercepts him, okay? And he's kicking and screaming. Now in that moment, when you see that picture, would you think, this kid loves his mom. He loves his mom so much. No, what shows that you love somebody? A lot of time, it's obedience. If I see a very well-behaved group of kids, I'm gonna think they love their teacher, they love their mom. Obedience and following in the teaching shows love. So when we love God, it's not about meeting checklists. It's not about um, doing what looks good on the outside. It's about truly obeying what he's called us to. Not being jealous, not gossiping, not having hatred in our heart for someone else. Uh, all those difficult things that aren't shown all the time from the outside, but deep on the inside. So really clear. What is love? It's to walk in obedience to his commands. And specifically, he says to one another. So all those commands that talk about how to treat one another, preferring one another, gentleness, kindness, humility. That's what he's saying we have to do. And then he switches gears. He says, okay. I need you to start loving one another. Now, many deceivers who do not acknowledge that Jesus uh, Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. So, deceivers. All throughout that first book, he calls them antichrist. He continues to call them this. Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ is called an antichrist. And that word has a lot of like scary meaning to it, but it literally just means anyone who is against Christ. He says, any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Okay, so stop there. Um, I don't think that a lot of us really struggle with believing that Jesus is a Christ or not. I don't, honestly, a lot of times if we hear somebody, especially growing up in the Bible Belt, if we hear somebody that says Jesus is not God, it's almost like a red flag because there's a lot of American Christians out there that would easily profess that Jesus is God. But I want to just take it a step further and say, watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. What are all the, the pieces that God has shown himself to you? as Jesus being the Christ? Are you trusting him as your provider? Are you trusting him as your shepherd who leads you? Are you allowing him to be your comfort? Are you allowing him to be your joy? Or are you turning to other things? Anytime we don't acknowledge Jesus as our source, as our Christ, as our redeemer, we're, we're being deceived and we need to allow Holy Spirit to come in and change that in us. So we wanna be rewarded fully. We don't wanna lose anything we work for. We wanna believe him fully as the Christ. That's just something that was going through my head. And then he goes on and he says, If anyone does come to you and does not bring this teaching, meaning the right teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. 
which he said that before, I think Matt talked about it. Um, we have nothing to do with someone who is actively preaching that Jesus is not Christ. Full stop. Nothing to do with him. Um, and then he, he ends. He says, I have much to write to you, but I don't want to use paper and ink. Uh, instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may com be complete. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings, meaning the other church. Uh, like a good leader, he does give a taste of what he needed to say immediately, but he knows he needs to look and see face to face the reaction of, the, of this church and, and be able to gouge what he needs to say. Um, so this was just the, the top, the, the tip of the iceberg that he really needed to get out to them. Clearly they were believing a lot of heretics and they were not loving one another. And I think um, at least one part could be said of the church a lot of the time that we're not walking in love with one another, walking in obedience. So as you read and continue to read in the, these three epistles of John, I just want you to ask yourself, are you loving one another? Are you loving in that you're walking in obedience towards what God has called you to, to and how to treat other people?